Wellness Force Radio, episode 19. So everyone finds a way to meet their needs. It's just a matter of what kind of vehicles are they choosing, right? Because every vehicle that you choose has consequences, right? That makes sense. I mean, if you choose uh, drinking and alcohol to meet your needs, well, then there's going to be consequences tomorrow morning or maybe a year from now or 10 years or 20 years from now when your liver fails, right? So we all find a way to meet our needs. We've already found ways to meet our needs. We do this because it's programmed into our nervous system. Welcome to Wellness Force Radio, where you will hear inspiring and passionate experts in the areas of wellness technology and behavior change. Your host, Josh Trent, will empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to take the very best actions in transforming your mindset, your body, and ultimately your life. Now, here's your host. Wellness Force Radio, welcome back for another educational and inspirational show. I am your host, Josh Trent. Thank you for sharing your car ride, your dog walk, whatever you're doing right now. Thanks for joining us. This show is all about finding the most inspiring and passionate experts in behavior change and wellness technology. These are the thought leaders. They're dedicating their lives to empowering others with knowledge and tools that drive real transformation in our physical and emotional wellness. Show notes from today, as well as all the free resources can be found at wellnessforce.com slash radio. If on the show today, you find something that's meaningful or that resonates with you, please share it with friends or family that you care about. A quick update on iTunes, Monday this week, uh, the 10th day of the month here in August, we hit number one in all three categories of iTunes new and noteworthy. That's health, fitness and nutrition, and self-help. So you guys, thank you so much for your support. I am really excited to get this message out. Today is special. I, I have on a really powerful guest. His name is Nate Hoxtra. Before we jump on with Nate, I want to read an email from a listener. This was a really powerful email, and it's from Ed Florek. Ed writes to me, hey, Josh, I just started to listen to the podcast yesterday, and I can honestly say that I am hooked. The podcast hit home. It's about how I took my health from in 2009, weighing 220 pounds. Now I'm at 160. I run six miles a week. I swim two two miles in the pool three times a week, and I do P90X at lunch. I believe in small steps, kind of like what you said on a previous episode about flossing one tooth. His goal is to have better improvement, you guys. He wears monitors. He's all about wearable technology. And he writes, thanks for letting me hit reply. I read everything I follow. And this is some great stuff around wearable technology. Thanks again and all the best. Ed, thank you for writing to me and letting me know that some of the things we're touching on to make us better human beings are resonating with you. So thanks a ton. Now for the rest of the audience, if you guys want to get on the air, I would love to give you a shout out. Just email me, josh at wellnessforce.com. Now let's get into the show. Today I am talking to Elite Results Coach, and successful entrepreneur, Nate Hoekstra. Nate, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Josh. That, that, was, uh, that was an awesome introduction. I love your enthusiasm. Thank you for having me on today. I'm excited. I loved your energy. We connected a couple weeks back. I know that you're going to share so much value with this audience about the people that you help overcome obstacles, belief systems, and really how to establish clarity and power in our lives. Before, Nate, we jump into the show, I want to read your background so that everyone can get a pulse on who you are and, and kind of the road leading up here. So Nate is an elite result coach for the most well-respected business leaders and the most popular peak performance coach in the industry. 
Nate has coached over 300 unique individuals and logged over 2,000 hours of one-on-one coaching to help people get massive results in their life. Previous clients range from a United States Navy admiral, A-list Hollywood celebrities, and industry-leading eight-figure entrepreneurs. Nate, really cool bio there. What was your road leading up to being an elite results coach? <laughs> that's a that's a uh, that's an interesting story, Josh. Um, I'll try and keep it short because it's it can be it can tend to be a long one. But um, I found coaching out of uh, what I would say a lot of pain um, where it started for me in, in my journey. I guess um, when I was in my early twenties, I hit a point in my life um, where I had no direction. I had I had quit going to school. I, I quit college and I just didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, um, I hit this point where it was like, it was something I'd never experienced. You know, I was always a leader in, in my past. I played sports. I was in athletics. I was a quarterback on the football team. I was a point guard on the basketball team, but I just found this place where I was not congruent with who I believed myself to be. And I, I became really depressed. I'm, in fact, I can remember myself literally shaking in, uh, laying in bed, shaking with anxiety uncontrollably. And, um, oddly enough, you know, one day I just, I think I just said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, I'm sick and tired of feeling this way and I'm going to do something about it. And, um, I think what's interesting about that is we all inherently, we know intuitively that we have control over the way that we feel, but, uh, we, we so often forget it. And so something inside of me just said, stop stop feeling this way. And so that led me on a journey into personal growth. And, and what happened out of that was I, I went to a bookstore, I picked up a, a, a CD set, I, I decided I wanted to be happier in my life and someone was going to teach me how to do that. And so I found this CD set, it was called Live With Passion. It was by uh, one of my teachers, Tony Robbins. And um, that CD set really was like the spark and the journey for me to to set me on this, this uh, you know, personal growth journey. And the ideas and the, and the knowledge that I learned from those CDs honestly set the foundation for where I'm at today. And, um, you know, I did a lot of things, uh, after, after learning some of the tools that I learned, which was, you know, about pain and pleasure, what really controls what we do, human behavior. Um, you know, Tony's got something he calls the six human needs, which has been an amazing, amazing tool for me in my life and in my clients' lives. Um, that I still use to this day. But uh, learning that stuff helped me to turn my life around. And so I eventually found a sales career. I was selling barcoding equipment and labels, believe it or not, which <laughs> is an industry that exists. <laughs> quite, a, quite a profitable one, actually. And I did really well. I succeeded at a high level in my early 20s. You know, I was making a six-figure income. So for me, I, was, I felt like I was successful uh, at that time. And um, I just kind of, I went through life I, I was I was making good money. I was doing what I wanted to do, but then um, something happened where I just didn't feel like I was living, you know, my purpose. Right? I didn't feel like I was doing what I was made to do, even though I was kind of doing what society told me I should do. And something deeper inside of me was calling out. And I was doing a lot of meditation. I still do a lot of meditation. I recommend it to all your listeners. But it, it kind of put me in touch with this, like this. Uh, this whisper, if you will, inside of me that said, you're made for more. And so, um, I, uh, oddly enough, I went to one of, uh, Tony Robbins's seminars. He's got a seminar called date with destiny. And I went to the seminar and on the first night I made this decision and I said, I'm done settling for a life that I'm not, you know, congruent with that. I'm not, I, that I don't believe 
I'm here to do and I'm, I'm truly unfulfilled by. And I made a decision. I quit my job after like f- five years. And um, it was the scariest thing I'd ever done. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that basically cleared the space for me to, to you know, have just to replace it with something that was more fulfilling that I felt like my purpose was there for. And, and so uh, naturally for me, I was so immersed in self-development at this point in my life that it was, it was something that had helped me overcome so many challenges that I wanted to share it. And so the, the easy answer for me was to become a coach. And, uh, and that's what I did. Very cool. The fact that you go, you went through this non-linear journey, I almost feel like you went up, down, left, right. And this is really what I've heard from a lot of people who now can help others is through their own journey. So what I'm hearing from you is you didn't have this A, B, C, D, E, F, G path. I mean, you quit a job that quote, quote, was comfortable, right? I mean, yeah. it probably had a good salary. It probably had all the safety and security that everyone wants and craves. But you touched on something really powerful that I want to ask you, and that was the six human needs. Can you dive into what the six human needs are? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think it's so appropriate for today's topic too. It's, it's such a powerful concept. So basically, you know, I'm sure most of your listeners know who Tony Robbins is. If they don't, they can do a simple Google, Google search and figure that out. But are there people that don't know who Tony Robbins is? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. All right. I have no idea. Um, but, uh, you know, go watch Sal Hal. You'll, you'll, you'll find out who he is. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, but, so Tony obviously has worked with millions and millions of people. You know, he's probably, you know, the, the most well-known, you know, peak performance coach in, in, in our industry, right? And he, uh, he's worked with millions of people over, you know, a course of 30 years. And he found that people have certain patterns and, and all people really have the same problems. Um, and it comes down to you know, understanding these needs that we all have and, and people's problems and people's, you know, lives are basically an attempt to meet these six human needs. And, and human, you know, these are needs, by the way, these aren't like wants, they're not, you know, they're not like desires. It's, these are needs that we all have in our nervous system. They've been biologically programmed into us. And so, um, there's six of them. I'll just explain them real quickly. You know, the first one is the need for certainty. We have a need to feel comfortable in our life, right? We have a need to, um, you know, and have pleasure. This is like a primal need that we all have. You know, if we're really uncomfortable, you know, if, if Josh, if you were listening to me and you couldn't breathe right now, right. Or, or you're on this podcast and you couldn't breathe, you wouldn't be focused on, you know, what I'm saying right? Because you have a need for some sort of certainty, some sort of comfort to be able to to be present today. So that's the first one. The second one is we have a need for variety, right? And we have a need for uncertainty, as Tony calls it. And, you know, if you're totally comfortable, right, in your life, I'm I'm sure many of you have experienced this, but if you're totally comfortable, what happens is we end up getting bored. We end up getting too satiated. So we have this need for like variety. We need to switch things up right? I mean, we've all heard variety is the spice of life, but it's so true. So we have a need for variety. And these needs obviously are in inherent conflict with one another. And everyone has a different tolerance for, you know, certainty and uncertainty, but um, we need these things. So those are the first two. The second two, or the second, yeah, the second two are the need for significance. Um, in our society, this is probably the most popular, right? Significance means the need to feel special, unique, Um you know, and stand out from separate from a lot of people, you know, in today's society, we're bombarded with this need, right? We think that if we finally become significant, that, you know, we're going to be enough. If we, if we have the most money and the most cars or the most rips, ripped abs or, um, you know, whatever it is, 
right? We all have this, like, this need to feel significant. And by the way, I'm not bashing the need for significance because we all have it and we're all going to find a way to meet it. But if that's your top need and that's what you value most, I think what you're going to find is that you're going to be unhappy because things never become enough and you're always comparing yourself to others. So this is our third need. The fourth need is the need for connection and love. And this is obvious. This is a pretty obvious one. I think we all understand this, but everyone has a need for connection and love. In fact, this is this is what Tony calls our deepest need, because um, you know, you and I, Josh, and, and everyone listening, if uh, if we didn't get love as babies, we would have died. And so we have a, a very strong desire. We crave love at a deep level. Even the the angriest people in the world, who you think, gosh, is there an ounce of you know love within them? They have it. Right. And, and in fact, anger is probably a way for them to meet that need. And I can explain that more in detail. But Ooh, I would love that. that. That's actually a really great point. I'll, I'll jot that down because sometimes I feel yeah. like people that are just angry, they're just crying out for love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, and it's a way to meet their needs. So um, so those two those two are also in inherent conflicts with one another, because, you know, be, when you become totally separate, totally unique, you totally stand out from other people. The, the biggest complaint Tony has from celebrities is that, you know, they can't relate with anyone anymore, right? They finally got everything they wanted. They're famous. They're, they make all this money, but they can't go out in public because, you know, people treat them like they're like Martians or something and they can't even relate and they can't connect and they can't love with others. So, you know, we need a need for significance, but we also have a need for love and we got to balance the two, you know, but the, when you're totally loved, you know, and you're in a relationship, maybe you've had this experience, Josh, I certainly have, but you're in a relationship and you're totally, you know, you, you get rid of all your friends and it's just you and your, your lady or your man or whoever it is. And, uh, and you guys become in this relationship together. And it's like, you find this point, you come, you know, a year down the road, two years down the road and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, who am I anymore? I don't even remember. Like, all I do is spend all my time with this person and I am me and she is her. And we're like one together. And I I don't have my own life. I need my own identity, my own significance. And so, so that can be really a a scary place to be as well. So we have the need for those. Hmm. So those are the first four needs. Um, everyone on earth finds a way to meet those first four needs. Obviously there's a million ways to meet these needs. You know, there's plenty of vehicles. You want to understand human beings. Look at the six human needs. You want to understand why people do drugs. Look at needs. You want to understand why, you know, people, uh, over overly drink alcohol? Well, because it meets their needs, right? It doesn't mean it's good for them, but it meets their needs. Why do people cheat in relationships? Because it meets their needs. So um, these are the first four needs. The second two are what Tony calls the needs of the spirit. And, uh, and I probably spent more time on this than I need to, but you know, the second need is the need for growth, right? We all have a need to grow as people. In fact, growing is what really makes us happy. You know, when we feel like we're expanding as human beings, it is a good feeling. Trust me. If there's an area of your life where you're not making progress or you're really down about, it's because you're not growing. You know, if you're not happy with an area of your life, it's because you're not growing. So we need the need to grow. And then of course, when we grow, we have more to give. We have more to give back to, right? And, and for me, you know, that's really what coaching was about. It was like I had grown so much. I had learned and changed and transformed that I just wanted to give back. And so uh, it's a really amazing feeling to contribute, you know, to other people's lives and know every single day that you're impacting them, you know, for a, for a greater good. And so um, these are what, like I said, these are what Tony calls the needs of the spirit. And these are really the needs that fulfill us as human beings. The, so, um, the last one I'm like on the edge of my seat right now after growth, what is that last kind of pivotal sixth human need? Yeah. Yeah. It's that need to contribute, right? Cause the more we grow, the more we have to give. So 
that's that's the sixth need is the need to contribute and um and that's what you know that's what fulfills me in coaching uh coaching is a way for me to contribute beyond myself and uh it really fulfills me and i love what i do and you know so that's uh, and, th- and of course there's many many ways to meet that need but um but those are those needs that really fulfill us as human beings. So, And you would think that there would be a book we would t- get taught in college or high school about these six human needs. But unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> these are things that people have to find through pain and pleasure. And I'm sure we're going to touch on that cycle of pain and pleasure a little yeah. bit later in the show. But I just wanted to recap. It's certainty, variety, significance, connection and love, growth and contribution. Nate, what are some belief systems that you, that you meet with on a daily basis, whether it's a CEO or just an everyday person. What are some common belief systems that you run up against that people put themselves out of the category from getting these six human needs? Well, as I said, Josh, everyone finds a way to meet their needs. So their needs are being met. Okay. They might not have chosen vehicles that are good for them necessarily. Right. So everyone, you know, you, you've already met your needs. Everyone finds a way to meet their needs. It's just a matter of what kind of vehicles are they choosing? Right. And are these vehicles because every vehicle that you choose has consequences. Right. That makes sense. I mean, if you choose uh, drinking and alcohol to meet your needs, well, then there's going to be consequences tomorrow morning or maybe a year from now or 10 years or 20 years from now when your liver fails. Right. So we all find a way to meet our needs. We've already found ways to meet our needs. We do this because it's programmed in our nervous system. Um, but. Um, so so that said, you know, the belief systems that I run up against gosh, they range, (laughs) they range all over the place, but you know, it's hard for me to pinpoint maybe a couple of belief systems, but what I can say is they're all because of fear. You know, they're all afraid of something and, uh, mainly, um, you know, it's, it's a fear that I'm not enough, right. As a human being, or it's a fear that, uh, if I'm not enough, then I'm not going to be loved. Right. And so, um, I would say that all the beliefs really lead back to those two two foundational fears. And I've heard this before. There's this kind of like pendulum that swings inside of all of us as human beings, one of them being love, one of them being fear. Can you, can you just distill it down and say, is every choice that we make in life, I'm really curious about this. Is everything that we do in life just either a choice of love or fear, or is there any other components in there? Yeah, I think, uh, I think every choice that we, we make in life is, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, pain and pleasure, Right, so maybe that could be love or fear, but um, I think really it's it's a if you're doing something in your life, it's because um, it's more pleasurable than it is painful to not do that thing. And if you're not doing something in your life, it's because it's more painful to do that thing, at least in in the way that you believe or associate to it, uh, than it is to to do that thing. So I think pain and pleasure at, at the deepest level is really what controls our behavior, but it's also a, an attempt to meet our six human needs. Mm-hmm. So, um, and those, you know, there's deeper levels to that, you know, what we value and what we believe about our ways to meet those needs and, and the values we have for our lives control our decisions as well. But at a very basic level, I think it's pain and pleasure and our attempt to meet our needs. Well, I'm, I'm really into this conversation already. I'm, I'm literally on the edge of my seat because in my own life as an adolescent, I used food as a way to numb out. Yeah. So I would use food as a way to, as you had said, meet one of my needs. I yeah. wanted to have certainty. 
that yeah. when I was a kid, everything was going to be okay. And yeah. I found that certainty with food. And I, yeah. and I ballooned up when I was, uh, I think I was 19 years old. I was 275 pounds. And yeah. that's what led me down this path of service. So eventually, I think, as you had mentioned, we all find those human needs. We, we find a way to meet them. Can you share a, a story that's touched you either with a client or, or with your own life that you've seen someone reinstitute a positive belief system that they had essentially thrown away that wasn't serving them before. How did they do that? How does one begin that process of instilling this new belief? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great question. Well, I think, um, first and foremost, Josh, when you're going to start down the path of creating a new change in your life, um, before you even get clear on the beliefs, I think it's so important. You know, most people are like, I want to change this belief. And it's like, okay, well, what are you trying to change to? You know, what do you, what is it that you want out of your life? And I think really the first step is you, you really want to get clarity in your life before you even, you know, figure out what's stopping you. Because most people, you know, most people think they know what they want, but they're not real clear on it. And this is what I find with my clients is it's like, I get a client and it's like, okay, I want to lose weight right? I want to lose weight. And that's their goal. And I'm like, okay, well, don't eat for a day and you'll lose weight. I promise you. Step on the scale now and then don't step on the scale <laughs> and you've lost weight. Congratulations. It might right? not be that comfortable, but right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, you got to get clear on what you want first. And most people don't have that level of clarity, like that level of specificity that they need to, to get that. And once you, once you do that, it's amazing when you really finally get clear on it, how aligned you become inside yourself and just the level of drive that changes because it's like, oh my gosh, I've painted this like crystal clear picture. And it's like, now I got like all these ideas flowing in my head about how to get there. And it's like, it's like a real thing for me. You know, rather than this, this like generalization of what it is that you're trying to do. So, you know, getting clarity, I know this doesn't, you know, it's not necessarily like how to change a belief yet, but before you even try and change beliefs, like first and foremost, get clear on what you want and then, and then go after it. And if you're still having trouble, then let's deal with the beliefs, but you know, don't make up a belief to make up a challenge for you until you really know where you're going. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Getting clarity on why. I've read the book from Simon Sinek, Start With Why. Have you, have yeah. you read that book? No, it's funny. I actually just heard about that book like the, uh, a couple of days ago for the first time. So Such an awesome book. He talks about the Wright brothers and how you know they, they had the power of belief. They had a really strong why. They wanted yeah. to empower people with flight. And they yeah. went up against this government contractor who he had all the money in the world. He had everything help from the government. He'd had a different why. His why yeah. was all about, he wanted to be the first person in history to make flight. So he had a really kind of piss poor why. And I love what you said about getting clarity about why you want to institute a new belief is almost essentially more powerful than the belief itself. Yeah. Well, and, and I would actually say too, Josh, that, you know, getting clarity about what you want right? Not just why you want it because why you obviously, why is very, very important. In fact, this is the driving force. This is like, this is everything. It's your whole psychology, right? You're not going to get yourself to take action unless you have a strong why, but before you come up with a why, you got to know the what, right? What the heck are you trying to create? So really being specific on what it is that you want and then from there determining why you want it. So, um, yeah, definitely kind of a two-step process. And then of course, after that, then you got to figure out how the hell you're going to make it happen. Um, but, uh, most people make the mistake of, of 
asking the question of how they're going to have make it happen first. And so what happens is they create this uncertainty, they create this doubt in their mind, and then they never begin the process because it's like they got this long laundry list of things, or maybe they're uncertain or they don't know how to make it happen. Um, and then they never begin. So we never start with the how, we just start with the what and then the why. And then out of that, then you can figure it out. That is so cool. I, I am really engaged right now because in my life, I've been through some ups and downs as far as self-worth. And yeah. I think I've worked with coaches and I've done the, for the past two and a half years, I've been to workshops and doing experiential sessions and things like that. But one of the things I came up with from my own experience was figuring out I, the identification of the things that aren't serving me. Is there a process as an intuitive coach and as a, as a coach that you work with, you know, 200 plus thousands of different hours, yeah. have you seen a psychological framework that people yeah. can institute in order to identify and really get clarity on the things that aren't serving them? Um, so the three things, Josh, that, that really prevent us from, you know, creating anything that we want in our life. Number one is, um, is what Tony references as your state. Okay. So our state is really like our emotional state, right? Our state of being. And, um, our state controls so many factors, you know, every given moment, we, our brain determines what we're going to focus on in our life. Right. And what we focus on <clears throat> determines the meanings we make up about our life and the meanings we make up, right. Whether something's good, something's bad. Are they lying? Can I, are they telling the truth? Is this the end? Is this the beginning? These meanings determine what we're going to do, right? What are the actions we're going to take? Is this, are we going to take action? Or are we not going to take action, right? Or which, which direction are we going to take action? And this is all really controlled. Our focus determined, or our focus is determined by the state that we're in, right? I mean, that was a long explanation, but this is pretty much common sense. I think you could agree that if you're in a depressed state each day, right, you're going to take very, you're going to focus on different things. You're going to take different action. You're going to make up different meanings than if you were in an excited or, you know, energized or state of, you know, gratitude or any of those, you know, positive states, right? So if we're going to have any chance at living our highest potential, right, we've got to come from the right state because our state determines, you know, everything. Um, and sometimes it's just little, little shifts, right? Little shifts in our state might determine the way that we feel, but that little extra way that we feel determines what we do or the extra, you know, um, effort we put in each day. And over time, those shifts, right? They take us in a whole different direction had we not done those things. And so every single day, man, we've got to, we've got to take control of the way we feel. We got to put ourselves in a great state and this has got to be a conscious effort. And by far, this is probably the number one thing I think people struggle with or they forget to do. And so you really got to take control of your state because when you're in a great state, you know, you can, you can make up better beliefs. And, and this kind of leads into the second one that prevents people from, from creating anything, which is, you know, our internal conflicts, our stories, our beliefs. Um, and, you know, if, if we, if we have, if we have something, but you know, in, or we have something that we want from our life, but we really feel certain that we can't get it, you know, that's, that's going to control so many things. And so a belief is nothing but a feeling of certainty about something. Uh, it doesn't mean it's true. It just means it's true to you. And so, you know, you've got to go through, uh, whatever process you use to, to change your belief. And there's a ton of them out there, you know, there's, there's no one right way to do it. Uh, certainly I've got my own ways to help clients with these things, but you know, you've got to create some uncertainty in that belief and then you've got to replace it with something more that you feel certain about that empowers you to take better, stronger, you know, more inspired action. So you've got to take care of your beliefs and your stories and your, in your internal conflicts. 
Okay. So that would be the second thing. And then the third thing, of course, is the way that we go about it, right? The how-to. Um, you know, losing weight doesn't come from eating cake every day. If that's your strategy and you're going to go to the gym each day, but you're going to still, you know, eat half a cake each night, you're, you're going to, it's the wrong strategy. (laughs) Even if it's gluten-free, right? Yeah. Even if it's gluten-free, I mean, um, there's, there's a strategy to things. So you got to have the right strategy. And of course there's no one way, you know, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat or whatever the, you know, the, the old saying goes. So there's many ways to do it, but you certainly got to have one that works. And so you got to have a right strategy. Um, and you know, just to throw on maybe a couple other things like with strategy is like, I think one of the greatest ways to find strategy is to find a mentor and find someone that you've, that has the results that you're looking for, or who's been through what you're trying to do and model them and do what they, they have done. I'm curious, man, who is besides obviously Tony, um, yeah. who, who have you tapped into any other mentors that have, that have really shown you some light on developing yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a mentor for business right now. Um, who's very close to me, a personal mentor. Um, and he actually has a very successful podcast and, uh, and just an online business. And he's helping me with the strategy to grow and, and just make smart business decisions and what to do. So, um, you know, just, I mean, that was the first thing that came off the top of my head, but I've had several mentors over the years. Uh, I was in network marketing for a long time and I had, um, you know, a, a lot of people that helped me with, growing that business. Um, you know, in terms of my health, I, I read about health. I, I study health. I listen to podcasts about health. I, uh, you know, I just began a, uh, a ketogenic diet, um, about two weeks ago and I've seen amazing results by the way. But, um, you know, I learned from, from mentors on YouTube, right? And so I consider, I consider anyone that can teach me something somewhat of a mentor, you know, in that, in that regard. So, mm-hmm. And these mentors, they can come from p- everyday people. I mean, Every- I've, I've had, I've yeah. trained clients before, um, you know, a few years back that became a mentor to me, yet I was coaching them in physicality. So it's interesting yeah. to keep that open mind. And I'm, this is a great segue too, to talk about the last section of our show where we jump into finding real happiness and fulfillment. You've done an amazing job of painting a picture of the foundations for new beliefs. We talked about the six human needs. So I think people have some amazing gems already, but in this last point of what it really takes to find real happiness and fulfillment. There is a ton of things out there that says, you know, happiness starts from within. We can't look on the outside for happiness. It starts in the middle. Have you seen any, I guess, strategies or, or things that really help to move the needle for people in finding quote, quote, that happiness? Yeah, that's such a great question. It comes up really, really often. I can't tell you necessarily what the uh, universal answer is because I, I don't I can't I'm not gonna you know say that I know that but I can tell you for me um, finding my purpose has come from a ability to develop an intuitive awareness and a lot of that has come for me from stillness and meditation and um, you know I've spent the last 10 years meditating dang near every every single day. Um, you know, obviously I miss some days, but, uh, I'm pretty religious about it. I'm pretty consistent with it. And, uh, it's, it's allowed me to really just like, listen to that side of myself that says that, you know, you, you're made for this, or this is what your heart wants. And this is where you're supposed to go. And I listen to that. And every time I listen to that, you know, my life has just, it's become richer and more fulfilled. And so for me, it's been meditation, but I think 
most people intuitively have an idea of what they're supposed to be doing. The only reason they're not doing it, like I said, is because of fear. And so it's just really getting outside of that fear and going for it. And, and that'll, that'll set you on the right track. I think. God, I love that you said that. That is something I deal with consistently. I would say in my life, even as even as the programs I'm developing and the work that I'm doing, I still run up against this issue of discipline being freedom. A lot of people view discipline as this negative word. I feel like discipline is something where for, at least for myself, when I'm out of psych, when I'm out of, of, of signal or, or when I'm out of cycle in my own life, AKA when I'm not doing my morning practice of meditation, yep. when I'm not going through my affirmations, when I'm not doing my daily movement, that's the time where I have this internal struggle between the yep. bad wolf and the good wolf. And yep. it creates this shame spiral of, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I can't believe Josh that you didn't do that this morning. Like you promised yourself. And I, I I really would love just, you know, as a closing piece here, can you touch on the discipline becoming someone's freedom and how discipline can actually be this key to unlock amazing levels in life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, discipline's an interesting word to me. Discipline means, and uh, to me, discipline means that like you're doing something, um, but it still takes a lot of effort for you to do it. And that can be a tough way to go because you're still fighting, like you said, the good wolf, the bad wolf. So I think to me, in my opinion, to, to be disciplined is to make that thing that's discipline, that, that you require discipline to do, and make it really, really, really compelling you know, for you to be pulled to it rather than like fight against maybe a small part of yourself that doesn't really want to do it. Like for me in meditation, man, if I don't meditate, I, I get a lot of pain and, and I get a lot of pleasure out of meditation. So for me, it's not, it's not even a question. It's like, I love doing it, you know, and I'm drawn to do it. It's not like a question of, oh, should I do it today or shouldn't I do it today? It's like, I can't wait to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we're so much more likely to discipline ourselves and do things when you can't wait to do something. Uh, this, this subject comes a lot, up a lot for me too because um, three and a half years ago, one of the things I didn't mention is I, I decided to quit drinking. I, I quit drinking alcohol. And I'm not saying like I promote this to other people. It was just a personal decision that I wanted to make for me. I just didn't see any benefit anymore in it. And uh, it was funny because people were like, man, you're so strong. Like, how do you do that? And I'm like, what do you mean, how do I do it? Like, I, I wanted to do it. It like drinking doesn't sound compelling even in the slightest to me. So it's not a matter of discipline. It's just what I want to do, you know? And, and so I had such a strong reason why I wanted to, to quit doing that, that it doesn't become hard. So to, and long answer to your question is, is make it, make that thing that you require discipline to do so compelling, make it like pleasurable, change the association you have to it. And of course there's processes to doing this, but when you can really reframe it in a way that it's like exciting and you have to do it and you want to do it, that's when it'll, it'll, I think, take hold. I love your explanation, man. Reframing, repurposing the word discipline and making it more compelling. So I hope everyone can let that sink in for a few seconds. I almost want to take a deep breath and just write that on my wall. Um, but <laughs> but the, the last piece I want to ask you, and I'm really curious from the people you work with, from your own story of this nonlinear quitting your job, working with people, what is your definition of wellness? How do you define wellness in your life? Mm, that's a good question. What do, how do I define wellness in my life? You know, wellness to me is, I think there's, there's a lot of parts to it because there's a lot of different areas to our life. But I think if you can really 
at the end of the day, you know, smile and be happy and, uh, and enjoy where you're at with your life and feel like you're doing what you're meant to do. I think there's a pretty, there's, there's a good chance that you have some wellness in your life. You know, um, obviously there's, you know, there's so many different areas to our life, but I think at the end of the day, as long as you can smile and be happy with who you are and what you're doing with your life, I think you're, I think you're in wellness. That was the, that was the first thing that I could think of, Josh. I've not, I, yeah, it was, that was a on the spot question. So hopefully that's a, a good answer for you, but um, that's okay. The, the on the spot is the most authentic, isn't it? Yeah, and, and I, yeah. and I felt what you were saying. So thank you for that. And I want to just honor what you do, the way that you serve people. I think it's really powerful. So it's just, thanks for being this amazing light to human beings. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me on Josh. I hope, uh, I hope the guests got something out of today. So I know I did, and I'll make sure to link everything you talked about in the show notes, the foundational belief systems, the six human needs. Where can people learn more about you? And if anyone wants to potentially work with you, where can they learn more? Sure. Yeah, you could go to my webpage, www.natehoxtra, which is just my name, N-A-T-E, last name is spelled H-O-C-K-S-T-R-A, dot com, natehoxter.com, uh, or feel free to send me an email. And um, my email address that I use for clients is nhoxtra at gmail.com. Nate Hoxtra, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to the show. Head on over to wellnessforce.com slash radio for all the links, show notes, and bonus content. If you're interested in changing old habits with new technology, Download your free digital health transformation guide at wellnessforce.com slash radio.